Welcome to the Daily Texan Backbeat. I'm Chris Duncan. And I'm Sean Cronin. This week we have a loaded podcast for you guys. Uh, some fun stuff happened in the news. We're going to talk a bit about Frank Ocean not submitting for the Grammys. And uh, a little bit about Bob Dylan's winning of the Nobel Prize. And later on we'll be taking a look at the new Dillinger Escape Plan album, Disassociation, and discussing whether or not an artist's personality should come into question when you're selecting music. Let's get into it. So kicking it off with the news, we're going to talk a little bit about the 30 Days, 30 Songs campaign. Some of you might know this from a previous campaign for the 2012 presidential election in which the same group conducted something similar in order to get President Obama reelected. But this time, it's a little bit more politically charged. 30 Days, 30 Songs is intended to uh, to get 30 artists in there and write songs that are anti-Trump, which is... it's kind of interesting there a few pretty big musicians have written so far death cab for cutie kicked it off with the first song france ferdinand was also on there uh, recently lv also released it the lead singer of the nationals yeah, in that even band. rem rem is supposedly yeah, getting in the mix the too. it's you know i'm kind of adverse to this i don't know about you sean i think it's cool that they're expressing their political opinions but at the same time, organizing to write thirty songs in thirty days, it just seems kind of, it seems kind of stupid. I feel like if an artist wanted to do this, they would just do it independently. Is there going to be a Grammy award-winning song out of this? <laughs> no, but you know, I can tell you that Franz Ferdinand's song is hilarious about yeah, Donald Trump. And a lot and of these lyrics are, you know, intentionally obnoxious. Like it's not really an attempt to necessarily write a a poetic song, but necessarily just a song that makes a statement. Yeah, so I'm all for it. Death Cab for Cuties is like a little bit more dystopian. Franz Ferdinand was a little lighthearted. You know, different perspectives. It's a public forum for dealing with the weird feelings that you get when you listen to clips of what Donald Trump has said. Yeah. I think that's the coolest part about it. And the other thing I guess it does kind of help is if you need promotion, you could slip in on this. But at the same time, I don't want artists jumping in and hating on Donald Trump just because he you know just because they can get promotion out of it because their names are associated with this group sure i don't know you kind of have to just hope that that's not their their motivation for doing this and i don't think it is and that i can sleep at night with that opinion all right so in other news we've got frank ocean he didn't submit for the grammys intentionally it was not it was not a late homework situation he avoided it what's up with that you know, initially when this happened, a lot of people were thinking, oh, is it his ego because he wants to defend his albums? Is, is it fear that he might not win? Does he give a damn? Uh, it turns out he doesn't give a damn and that this was totally intentional to not submit uh, his two albums, Blonde and Endless. Both were qualifying for the Grammys. But, you know, I think both those albums are great, Blonde especially, and people have been waiting them for a long time. And yet at the same time, I think it's pretty awesome that he didn't submit because I don't think he needs justification for his art. He's happy where he is. Yeah, a lot said for that. I got to hop a little bit off the grid when I when I talk about a story like this because I think in terms of the narrative that I feel is happening, him and Chance are kind of opposites, Chance the Rapper. Because I feel like Chance views the old Grammy dynasty and the Recording Academy as like, I want to get into that club on my terms. Mm -hmm. Whereas I feel like Frank Ocean doesn't want into the old club, you know? 
Yeah. He still doesn't have reverence for that or doesn't think that that should be the, you know, cultural center. And he's trying to make his make his own things. He gonna. I don't think I he's don't gonna know. make his own awards. You know what but I mean? you know, Frank Ocean was on Def Jam way back when when he <laughs> released uh, Channel Orange. And he actually signed off of Nostalgia Ultra. They were going to release a, a physical copy of that, but it's, you know, it's he doesn't like labels, obviously, based on these albums. You know, he had a lot of, a lot of stuff go down with his label about it, and people were saying he was really hard to deal with, things of that nature. And I don't, I don't think he likes the institutions that, especially select the Grammy Awards, because I mean, we all saw it last year. If we're if we're not lying to ourselves, Taylor Swift did not write the best album of 2015, and yet she did win an award for it, uh, and you know over Kendrick Lamar and a lot yeah. of other great artists. And that I mean that is a huge award, but that stuff happens all the time in a lot of the awards. It, they but just hey kind of it's a side democratic process. At the end of the day, I'm a voting member. And I can I can vote in the Grammys, and you can be a voter for the Grammys. Yeah, you can. I think uh, what what percentage does the average person have? Oh gosh, I, I have no idea. Like I think I think the audience might make up like ten percent of the vote or something. The other ninety percent goes to the the group of like yeah. label owners. That that's yeah. the other weird thing about the Grammys that the people who vote on it are the people who put out the albums. True. So it's it's also kind of ridiculous in that sense because these people could collude and just all vote on a certain album in order to promote somebody's art well they're all meeting this certain criteria they've all sold this many albums songs singles streams whatever it is at this point and so they're all they're all in the same game who wins it i don't know they're all excellent obviously so it's purely taste at that point yeah it the grammys have been rough for the past few years definitely in my opinion but I don't know. Maybe they'll come out and give Chance an award, and then people will be happy. Yeah, but he won't be getting the Nobel Prize like Bob Dylan. Yeah, Bob Dylan actually recently won the Nobel Prize for Literature, which is interesting. He is a musician. This isn't the first time uh, an artist has won the award, but uh, Bob Dylan is obviously one of the, the big figures in music in terms of lyrical content. Yeah, he man, yeah, and his songwriting style, form, impact. Yeah, it's... Dylan. It's just, it's just, you know, it speaks a lot to his, his talent, and I, I obviously congratulations to Bob Dylan, but um, also <laughs> apparently they were trying to get in touch with him to invite him to the awards, and nobody can get a hold of him, so nobody's sh- even sure if he's going to show up. But it, I feel like he knows that he's won it. How could he not? Well, obviously, I think he knows. I think he's well aware of it. Let's start with the fact that. He won the Nobel Prize in Literature for being an outstanding lyricist and a songwriter. And maybe he just doesn't feel comfortable with it. Maybe he doesn't feel like that that he's deserving of it, that it wasn't appropriate. He gets, like, what, a million dollars, and he's forever a Nobel Prize winner. Yeah, I the award for winning the Nobel Prize is a million dollars, and, of course, you get the medal, and you are a Nobel Prize winner, which is pretty <laughs> damn awesome. But... Yeah. You know, most people win the Nobel Prize at that point in their careers. It's not about money, especially when it comes to science, because a lot of them have been tenured at universities for quite a while. Uh, and, you know, it's most of the people they recognize are quite successful. Like, I'm sure Obama wasn't like, hey, million dollars for the Peace Prize. I need that. Like, it's, you know. He probably was. He doesn't make that much. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's, it, I, I don't know. I, I can see why they picked him, because 
you know, it's a lyrics super are Dylan poetry. Thing to do right, yeah, to, to not you not pay attention to this grand honor to just brush it off to go his own way and do his own thing. And yeah, what does he do? He's like welding fences with Jack White in Kentucky or whatever he's doing. Yeah, now. whatever that the man's you know, doing. Like his he's life. just being Dylan, and we can love him for being Dylan, but I don't think he's gonna care about. I read it recently way. that he he played a guitar for the first time in four years on stage. So apparently he's doing something about it people were like oh he was celebrating his nobel prize victory but like that's a victory but it's not like he was against people necessarily but whatever it is what it is congratulations to bob dylan though thanks bob also we'd like to give a quick shout out to drake shout out to the six uh one dance recently became the most streamed song on spotify of all time yeehaw congratulations drake yeah, a song that Sean and I both particularly didn't care for. It was just kind of boring. Yeah, it was like the worst parts of trap music and Tejano music mm-hmm. came to have a child. You know, Views, if I had to say one thing about that album, looking back on it now, it was the most Drake thing Drake could have ever done. All right, y'all, this week in our album review, we have the Dillinger Escape Plan's Disassociation. The Dillinger Escape Plan uh, is a metalcore band, alternative rock, post-hardcore. You could throw a lot of names at them. Whatever you want to call them, it's definitely interesting. They've been around since 1997, and actually this is going to be their last album. They announced prior to this album that uh, this will be their, their last endeavor, and they will be splitting up as a group in 2017. So this is, this is their, their final hurrah, and it, it's quite a fitting one, as you might come to learn. It's truly epic, I can say that. The first track we're going to listen to is called Symptom of Terminal Illness. So once again this week, I'll be perfectly honest and say that this, again, is a little bit outside of my normal listening range, but I have to acknowledge that this song, along with the, you know, the rest of the songs we're going to talk about today, I feel represent the best of this genre. You know, As far as metal goes, this is technically dense. There's a lot going on. It is really exciting. It's powerful. The lyrics are super heavy for this song. I mean, it, s- symptom of a terminal illness... It's a very heavy title, and everything about this music reflects it. Yeah, and it's interesting because this is definitely the catchiest and most accessible song on the album. It's really good evidence as to how the Dillinger Escape Plan can turn a song into something bigger and interesting that, that, you know, pushes itself into the minds of people who might not listen to Mathcore that much. And I really don't listen to Mathcore that much either. And they, you know, they definitely play with a lot of different breakdowns throughout the album. There's, there's a good one in this song. It's really a return to form for them. If you, if you've listened to a lot of their earlier stuff, calculating infinity, uh, ironworks, things around that nature, uh, that it's definitely a return to form. The return to the form continues with the next song, titled "Wanting Not So Much Two As Two. It's a banger. It's a banger. You know, the piano in there was an interesting addition. Really, really kind of tickled my tongue, if you know what I mean. I did not expect to hear an actual analog instrument. Yeah. You know, it's 
the guitar and the screaming is obviously their meat and potatoes, but when they throw in that piano, you know, it really adds a, an additional layer there, which really shows, speaks to throughout their career, how they've just kind of done this thing where they layered on instruments, they've added more to their sound, and they've built up something to now where it, it it's really all-encompassing. Yeah, I tell you what, they have a good producer. They This was very beautifully done. It's not hard to listen to. It's not fatiguing at all. And you would kind of think a bunch of people yelling and playing electric guitar would be, you know, tiring to listen to, but it's well made. Yeah. The final song we're going to listen to is called Apologies Not Included. Okay, so surprisingly, I don't know if I 100% liked this song. Now, you might say, well, this deep into the album, all these songs are starting to sound similar. And I was starting to feel that after my first listen. But upon second listen, I felt like this one got a little bit out of their control. The analogy I feel like I need to make here is they were running out of a building and then for no particular reason. On the way out, one of them just pulled the fire alarm for no fucking reason Mm -hmm. and just went with it. And it's, I mean, Dillinger Escape Plan is very famous for doing stupid stuff on stage. Mm -hmm. It sounds like it. I mean, in Reading, 2003 their lead singer literally pulled down his pants and took his shit on the stage and almost got arrested for it. And I feel like this is the song that he would have done it to. Yeah, absolutely. This sounded so much like a live show. Uh, It sounded like they were just getting out of control and the crowd was going nuts and they were like trying to feed into this crazy energy. And it was like this explosive nearing the end of the album. And it's, and it's weird to think like, you know, this is the album that they're ending their career with. And so this is the album that they wanted to make the best. And I think I think this is their best album. Having having listened to limited amounts of their discography before this, I can say that I feel like this is the most impressive work. That last song might not be the, the best, but overall, especially the first song we spoke about, Symptom of Terminal Illness. It's a lasting impression. Their power, their presence, um, the spirit with which I mean it's obviously intentional last album last songs you're going to think about it a lot they probably wanted people to l- be left with this impression of them kicking ass on stage yeah and th- this might be the best metalcore album of the year we'll have to see forever maybe not forever. ever but <laughs> we'll see we'll see and uh, you know it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Dillager Escape Plan they say this is their last album but if this is such a success they're certainly going out on quite the high note. And finally, onto our topic this week. Nicki Minaj actually slammed Kanye West, slammed in air quotes, with uh, some white girl comments about his quoting his song Gold Digger. White girl comment. Sean, care to explain? Well, white, I'll translate white girl comments into Nicki apparently, you know, was claiming that Kanye, if you remember his song Gold Digger, it talks a lot about you know, that what a gold digger is, you know, a woman who's just trying to marry into money and just coast through life. And, uh, you know, when she leaves your ass, she's going to leave with half. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. Um, so Nikki was really just acknowledging the fact that he said any of this. And some people contorted her words into slamming Kanye or accusing him of being, you know, derogatory towards women, you know, mm-hmm. all these sensitivities that are lingering in the air because of politics and everything. And, you know, she's 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 she came back and she was like, I did not 
slam Kanye. I have nothing against him. He gave me the biggest hook of my career. Yeah, you know, true. there's no there's no animosity there. I yeah, don't think. and it's it, this kind of brings us into the idea of does it matter what an artist's personality may be when you're listening to their music? Now, Kanye West is probably the prime example of this because the guy's music oozes with personality. And by person personality, I mean like his specific personality. Like the the lyric that she was quoting on Gold Digger, uh, I don't have it in front of me, but it, it's the one where Kanye is talking about how uh, eventually a black man married to a black woman, uh, the the black man will leave the black woman once he becomes rich enough and just marry a white girl. And Nicki Minaj was pointing out like, "Hey, you did that. You did that with your wife now." And she was kind of trying to point it out as fact, but she's obviously kind of digging at something there. And I mean, both of these people are very contentious. Does any of this shit matter when we're listening to their music? I don't think it does, man. There's so many different people in the world. There's so many different perspectives. If you're going to get upset about someone's perspective, but you enjoy the art that they create, I think you're just limiting yourself. You're you're crippling your experience in the world because... The the way they think produce something that you enjoy and find beautiful, and that should be the end of the story. You enjoy their art. Maybe you don't agree with you know who they're voting for or what they feel about beating dogs or something like that. But you know, Quite strong. I hey, I'm being, <laughs> this is we're being real here on the backbeat. Yeah, and that's just how it is. Yeah, and you know, I agree with you there. Especially, I think whenever people say I don't listen to Kanye's West music because he's an asshole. First thing I say is, well, I get it, because he is an asshole. But second of all, he has a lot of songs that are very, very good. You're missing out on a lot of good music just because you're saying, like, oh, he does these stupid things every now and then. I shouldn't care about his art. Yeah. It's like Pablo Picasso didn't do stupid shit. Like, come on. Oh, he did. He Yeah. yeah. Drugs for days, man. <laughs> yeah, it's... And Enjoy then, music. I mean, it's not exclusive to rap. We were just saying Nicki Minaj and Kanye West because this is kind of current. But, uh, you know, somebody in rock music that everybody hates, a lot of people hate, and yet his band is one of the biggest rock bands of all time, Axl Rose, Guns N' Roses. I mean, you can't walk into a middle school dance without hearing Sweet Child of Mine. Mm-hmm. And he was a tremendous asshole. Oh, completely. And when it comes to what people are upset about with these artists, I feel like that just changes with the times. All the Mm -hmm. issues that are popular right now, you know, white girl, let's just think about that. There's a lot of racial tension and there's a lot of, you know, gender rights problems. White girl, once you hear those words, two famous people, like the ball starts rolling and people are talking about it. Would they care if you replaced the issue words with, you know, I don't even know. I can't make something up on the spot, but you know what I'm saying. It's very... yeah, And, you know, this has been happening to artists since, you know, popular music became a thing. Elvis Presley, prime example, danced a little too crazily, and every single dad across America didn't want his daughter listening to him for some reason. Uh, you know, Johnny Cash, a guy who put on a very outlaw personality, did a lot of drugs, you know, eventually got over it, but people loved the drug Johnny Cash. They loved the outlaw Johnny Cash. Uh, you know, they're just name after name. It, I feel like, in a way, to make good music, you have to have something wrong with you. Something something that kind of makes you like slightly egotistical, but at the same time, something that makes you marketable and interesting. And all of these people have that going for them. Yeah. As a closing thought, when you think about why you're supporting an artist or why you're not, the mo- it's kind of an on and off switch. Either you're going to participate in, per- in giving that 
that artist revenue through paying attention to what they're doing and all of that, or you're not. You're just not going to turn off. So I, I, that's valid. If you don't like someone's personality and that just taints the experience for you, that's your trump card. That's what you've got to, you can play with that yep. on or off. Yep. I totally agree. And it's your choice in the end. If you like Christian rock, keep jamming. But, you know, if you want to listen to something a little more raunchy, maybe the Wiggles. We'll see. And on that note, that will be all from us this week on The Backbeat. Yep, make sure you guys tune in next week. We'll be talking about some more news, getting a good album review in there. Lady Gaga's album was being released. We'll give that a listen and give you our dun, thoughts. Dun. That'll be an interesting one. Anyway, we'll, uh, we'll see you guys next time. Later. This was the Daily Texan Backbeat, hosted by Sean Cronin and Chris Duncan, and produced by Dalton Cheatham. Check back next week for the latest in music. And be sure to check out our other podcasts. Just search for the Daily Texan on iTunes.